Hi, everyone. I'm Aviva Rumani, and welcome to a very special episode of Kindred Cast, a podcast series featuring insights from deal makers and thought leaders from the world of tech, media, and everything in between. Kindred Cast is a production of Kindred Media, powered by Lion Tree. Today, we feature an intimate fireside chat between Sir Richard Branson and Lion Tree CEO Arie Borkoff. Evolving out of a chain of local record shops in 1972, Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Group controls over 400 companies in their portfolio. Their conversation focuses on Virgin's ambitious and industry-leading space companies, Virgin Galactic, the Spaceship Company, and Virgin Orbit. Tune in for a fascinating overview of the not-too-distant future of space tourism and satellite technology. Enjoy. So um, I got in at 2.30 this morning, and there were some of you still parting hard. I'm trying to, I'm trying to recognize you. Anyway, and I, d- I decided I'm not going to get drawn into this party. I'm going to get to bed, because I know that I had to talk to you this morning. If I knew you were on the fence, I would have coaxed you a little more. <laughs> Oh, you were there. I didn't see you. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, Richard, as we get into your projects, I want to start with a source of inspiration for me because in a lot of ways I think what I would love for Liontree to be humbly is in the model of Virgin and your Virgin groups. And we kicked off the conference talking about climbing not only the first mountain of your life but the second mountain of your life and then how do you kind of plan the rest of your life in the second mountain. But for you, I was thinking about, you've climbed like 20 mountains. How do you get out of bed and come up with these ideas all the time where you say, I'm going to climb this next mountain, I'm going to be doing this next project? Well, I think it would be enormous waste of anybody's life if you get to a stage in your life where you've you know, achieved a lot, how to be an entrepreneur, how to use your resources well, how to use your team well, if you don't use that to keep climbing new mountains. And, you know, life is the richer for it. There's much more fun doing that than sitting back on your laurels and wasting a good life. So I suppose 50% of my time is looking at the problems of the world and seeing whether we can use our entrepreneurial skills to sort out some of the big problems of this world. And one thing we do, for instance, is we have a team of people from Virgin Unite and TED, and we work on what are the six most audacious ideas that need fixing in the world. And then and we get maybe two or 3,000 people submitting their ideas. We whittle it down to six or seven. We bring those six or seven ideas to Necker Island, and we then bring some of the wealthiest people in the world to Necker Island. Over a two- or three-day period, we commit to try to sorting out those six problems. And then the following year, we'll do the same again and the same again. It's wonderful to be in that position where you can see something like trichoma, which is the most horrible blindness in Africa, unnecessary blindness, maybe being completely cured. And we had an idea that came this year, which seemed to be a possible no-brainer on trying to tackle climate change and so on. So, so anyway, everybody in this room successful, and everybody in this room, I suspect, can climb mountain after mountain using the knowledge that they've gained in their lifetime. The goal for the conference is that everyone starts to do that throughout the course of their life. But when did you get the space bug. From that mountain's perspective, when did you say space is a problem I want to solve, a venture I want to go into? When did that first happen? I was a teenager when the moon landing happened. Um, I remember watching it vividly with my 
family in um, my parents on a small black and white TV set. And like most kids at that age, we thought one day we'll go into space. It soon became apparent that NASA or the Chinese or the you know, Russians really weren't interested in sending a slot into space. So 14 years ago, I registered the name Virgin Galactic Airways. I'm an optimist. I also registered Virgin Intergalactic Airways. And we set about looking for a genius engineer who could start developing a spaceship program. And we were fortunate enough to come across Bert Rutar, who's a genius when it comes to space engineering. You know, in the last two months, we sent five people into space, which is the first time, I think, since 2012, 2013, 2011. My God, I didn't exaggerate. <laughs> 2011, that an astronaut's been, um, any, any new astronaut's been made in America. So, and, and three last week. And three more last week. Take us through that, because that was a really exciting journey to space last week. Yeah, we not only had the two astronauts up front, but we also had a girl in the back just seeing the picture of her face as she looked out of the window and she was in space was absolutely utterly priceless. And the exciting thing, they all five of them have come back as excited and finding the, the experience as meaningful as we'd always hoped. And so I think we're onto something quite exciting here. And you mentioned before that going to space, you feel for individuals or for anybody, is all about the Earth. Yeah, you know, you can either talk about space exploration to try to colonize other planets and so on. Or you talk about space exploration as a way of improving things back here on the Earth. And our belief has always been that we have this, I mean, just look outside, you know, on the mountains here today. I mean, we have this beautiful Earth that we live on. And we've got to do everything we can to better it and improve it. And Talk about point-to-point travel, just so everyone knows, is basically you go to space... The Earth rotates slightly, you come back. If you want to go from New York to Australia, you could do it in an hour and a half. You could do it in about 50 minutes because you would be traveling at 17,500 miles an hour around the Earth. I'm not sure that putting people actually into orbit and bringing them back out again, the average person will enjoy. Um, (laughs) uh, We'd need quite a lot of sick bags, I think, on board. Um, putting people into a suborbit, traveling maybe 4,000 miles an hour, I think is, is slightly more realistic. That sounds much more comfortable, actually. Yeah. Well, I have a funny story because when we met recently, I asked you, so are you going to go to space and when? And you said to me, uh, yeah, I feel that it's the right moment for me. And you've since announced that it'll be in July because you're as fit as you've ever been. And then you looked at me and you said... You should also, but maybe you need a little bit more time. (laughs) I'm a little older than you. And, yeah, as you approach 70, it is absolutely critical to, uh, you know, if you want to live a long life, um, to be as fit and healthy as you possibly can be. So I have this delightful lady who stands over me one hour a day doing weight training and other things and couldn't feel better for it. And, And that's great from you know, just one's daily living, but um, also will be really good for, hopefully, my space flight. Well, tell us about that. What kind of preparation do you need to do, and do you have any trepidation about going, or do you feel like it's prime time, and after that, we're all going to start to go? You know, we've had brave test pilots working on testing the craft time and time again, and they feel comfortable about saying it's time for you to go. The engineers feel comfortable about saying it's time for me to go, and I most likely will go, and then we'll have about another six months of tests before we actually start putting people up, most likely at the end of the year. And um, 
As far as how fit you need to be, we were planning to put Stephen Hawkins in space. So I think you don't have to be incredibly fit. I just think that if you are incredibly fit, you're going to have a much better experience than if you're not. And it's a good excuse to get fit anyway. Yeah. When I told my wife after speaking to you about the idea of joining you in space, her reaction was like over the moon, that sort of speech. She said like, this is going to be great, amazing, what an experience. And I'm like, did my insurance premiums just go up? <laughs> she actually gave me a call and said, would a one-way ticket be possible? <laughs> <laughs> my biggest fear. She offered to pay double as well. <laughs> That's great. I know we're going to hear a few things now because I know Sir Richard has a few one-on-one meetings he's doing here, but we're going to hear from an actual NASA astronaut that's coming up shortly, and then we're going to hear from both Dan from Virgin Orbit and George from Virgin Galactic, and we're going to get into a lot of detail. But I really appreciate your being here. Do you have any closing thoughts for this group? Because you know everyone here is, like I said, climbing the second mountain, taking on new projects, investing in new projects but also very focused on, like, societal issues and trying to give back. How do you recommend everyone gives back? Every opportunity we have of... There are some people in this room who can think globally. There are some people in this room who can think nationally. There are some people in this room who can think locally. And depending on one's far path, if you're working for a company that is trying to sort out the problems of the world, all the people who are working for you are going to feel that they have a much bigger reason for existing than if it's just a money-making machine. If every single business in the world can adopt a problem and get out there to try to fix that problem, and it can be a small local problem or a bigger problem, the world will be a better place, and it's tremendously exciting doing it as well. Well, we appreciate not only your being here, but the way you approach life, and it's inspirational, and I'm very excited that we're working on this project together, and we look forward to getting deep into the companies here, and and thanks for being here. You're welcome anytime at Media Slope. Thanks, Richard. Thank you very much. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you want to check out any prior episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Feel free to leave a review there as it helps people find the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at KindredCast for behind the scenes photos and info. Keep listening and see you next time. Audiation.